In the words of a king, there is power. And as we behold him with unveiled faces, we're transformed into the very image of God. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. K. Ijishesan, brought to you by Kingswood Ministries International. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all that God has called you to be. Today, I'm speaking on what I call the anointing factor. The anointing factor. The anointing factor is the supernatural paint that is applied on the natural in order to produce extraordinary results. Is that layer, that paint layer that comes upon your natural layer that gives you an unusual edge in life. You know, when you see Christians that don't know how to take advantage of this layer, it's like, you know, finishing this amazing building, but you refuse to paint it. In fact, when you say, to, when you, say you anoint, it literally means to rub over, to paint. The same way you rub the cream on your, on your skin in the morning so that you look good. You know, I mean, thank God for the mystery of makeup. Some women will not be married today, even for makeup. I've had stories of people that were shocked the first morning after they got married because they saw her without the ah, glory to God. He said, Okay, don't worry, don't let me let me go put it on. <laughs> There is a way God makes you home supernaturally. Paint. I don't know if you have seen some of those things on Instagram before and after. Before makeup and after makeup. And you are wondering, no, he's not the same person. There is a makeup of God that transforms your natural, your natural self into something beyond extraordinary. That the people that knew you before that makeup are literally thrown off, flabbergasted, marooned, taken aback. What's going on? Is it the same person I used to know? No way. I remember when I was in high school, there, there was this guy in my class that was just a terrorist. In those days, we didn't call it bully. Bully was not a popular thing. But now that the, the concept of bullying is real, I understand we were bullied. This guy bullied us consistently. It was so bad that even after I left high school, I would see him, maybe coming from an opposite direction and I, I was on that side of the street, I would cross over to the other side. Because I was still confident and assured that I would be bullied. He can just look at you and say, Why are you, what are you looking at? And the next thing he slaps you. My classmates. He was that terrible. So a few years after, fast forward. I left high school. I've gone to Ife. I've been anointed. I'm a preacher now. And I was invited to Global Vest Church Ibadan to preach on a Sunday morning. And there was I preaching under the power of the Holy Ghost. And I look up and I saw the bully. 
sit in the congregation. I said, God, please give me an opportunity to minister to this young man. The power of God broke out. I said, you, come here. <laughs> True life story. I said, come here, lift up your hands. Take the power of God. <laughs> the bully fell under the power. I said, take him up, take him up. Take him up. He needs another. Take it. I ministered powerfully with passion. <laughs> what I could not do in the natural, I can do in the supernatural. Bring him to me. Take it. So I ministered to him with all passion. Even if God was not going to lead me that day, I will lead myself. Because now I have a supernatural edge. I'm anointed. I don't know what has been slapping you around in life. There is an anointing that comes upon you. And all of a sudden you begin to slap it around. On that day shall the body be taken away from off your shoulder and the yoke from off your neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed. The, the original Hebrew says the yoke shall be completely obliterated. You know we often quote it as the yoke shall be broken. To break it means you can still glue it. The original Hebrew says it will be completely obliterated. In other words, you will not be able to glue the pieces together. That's what the anointing does. The anointing comes against whatever has been coming against you in such a way that it's so shattered that it can't come back. It can be glued back. That's what the anointing does. The supernatural edge. It breaks habits. It breaks generational causes. If anyone is under the sound of my voice and there's, a, there's an evil pattern in your family, you don't have to be afraid of it. Because to be in Christ is to be in the anointing. The problem is we are more aware of the natural pattern than the supernatural pattern. We are more aware of the curses that runs in our natural lineage more than the blessings that is attached to our supernatural lineage. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed you from the cause being, 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 being caused for your sake. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. The blessing is on you. You are that anointed. You have the blessing. You don't have to be afraid of what killed your uncle, killed your cousins. Oh, people in our family all normally have diabetes and, and hypertension. What family are you talking about? I, I thought you know no man after the flesh. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. But you will see, you see people identify with the natural more than the supernatural. The supernatural should be your primary consciousness and reality. Lift up your two hands and shout, I'm anointed. Come on, scream and say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. The anointing is on you. So when we're talking about the anointing, we're not just looking at the pulpits. We're looking at us. I love what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22. He says, he said the Jews, he said they sought after signs and the Greeks were looking for, they, 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 they were after wisdom. And in verse 24, he said, for, for those of you who are called Christ, the power and the wisdom of God, there are two streams of the anointing because the word Christ there is the Greek word Christo, the anointed and his anointing is what? The 
power and the wisdom of God. So there's a stream of power from flowing out of the anointing and there's a stream of wisdom flowing out of the, the two arms of the anointing. Power and wisdom. And you need both. Moses experienced the power of God in Egypt. Because without such power, there was no way. I mean, Pharaoh was going to let them out. Let my people go. It was power demonstration. Plagues in the land. Power was demonstrated everywhere. And Israel was let out. But do you know if it was not through the impartation of wisdom that came through the ministry of Jethro? You know, there are people that God will bring into your life. They might not be dramatic. They might not be throwing their coats and people are falling under the power. Hey, but one word, Sister Kumbi, we save, we save your life. When I see young men that feels down that because their name is all over the place, they have 100,000 likes or followership on Instagram and because of that, there are certain people that can't speak into their lives again. The people that God used for, hey, balasutaba. You know, there are certain people that God used for you at the beginning that will still have relevance in your life till the rest of your life. And the moment you caught away from them just because you have a level of prominence, hey, you are cutting short your life. The same Jethro that was instrumental to settling the life of Moses. You know, Moses was a disaster. Even with the calling that was upon his life, he was a mess. Grew up in the palace, you know, and became ambitious because, you know, listen, just because you feel a passion does not mean you are ready. He felt the passion. I, I, I ought to be responsible for the freedom of my people. And that's right. And I've seen a lot of young ministers run out like that. So it's like, God is saying, do it now, do it now. The mere fact that you are feeling the passion does not mean the timing is right. Maybe the reason why the passion is coming is because God is trying to get your attention so that you will pour yourself into preparation. But now you think, I got to start something. I got to do something. And it doesn't just apply in ministry. It also applies even in corporate work. A lot of people, they're still learning just because they make you one small manager. You're like, okay, yeah, I think it's time, it's time for me to start my company. You've not learned so many things that are needed to keep an organization running. And the next thing you jump out, of course, you have capacity, but you are not yet ready. Jump out and make a shipwreck, not just of your ministry, of your business, of your career. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. You are like Moses. All over the place, I was raised in the, in the palace. I've got the best education. It's time. I'm a young man. I've got the energy. I'm 40 now. If I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? One of, yesterday, one of the things I talked about is patience, which is a form of faith. But it's a faith over a prolonged period of time. As compared to faith at the initial stage, which is full of excitement. Now, the question is, after that excitement of the initial revelation, will you still be excited if the manifestation has not shown up? That's why the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart weary. But there's something about the character of patience that gives you the ability not just to have faith at the beginning, but to stay consistent with faith even when it seems the fig tree does not blossom. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12, is that be followers of them that through faith and patience 
Everybody is talking about inheritance, but you cannot obtain inheritance if you lack patience. It's not just faith at the beginning. It's faith through the process. And that's the capacity that you and I need to manifest all of God in our generation. A lot of people get excited. But the question is, do you have roots deep in the ground beyond the initial excitement? Because there are going to be things we have to deal with. And without foundation, you will not be fruitful. If you don't learn to grow downward, you cannot grow upward. And the first growth that takes place is the downward growth. Develop roots. You know, you're going to go through seasons of your life that's going to look like nothing is happening, but everything is happening. It's just that what is happening is not happening externally. But God is helping you to develop roots. Because it's going to take that level of foundation to last. In fact, buildings, high-rise buildings, the first thing you do is you take your time to dig deep. If you want to, I mean, I, I remember we're doing the project. In fact, we're still doing the project. We're building a hub in Ife to the glory of God. And, you know, the, the, the first the, uh, blueprint that was designed, you know, was just supposed to be for a level. So after a while, I looked at it and said, no, 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 we need three levels. We need three levels. Let's maximize this. It's like about one acre. Right opposite the campus is one of my legacy projects. We have one in Chicago. We have one in Ife where it all started. So, so the, 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 the contractor came back to me and said, Sir, I, I appreciate this new development. But the problem is the foundation we started with you will not be able to take it. So I said, what do we do? He said, we have to go back and redig and strengthen it. Fine, you have an amazing image of what you want, but if the root is not in place, it will be compromised. If you try to build such an edifice on, 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 on a foundation that, that's not that strong, it's going to be a mess. You have need of patience. <laughs> that after you have done the will of God, hey, you might receive the promise. All this initial excitement is good, but it's not enough. And that's why one of the things the church must return back to is discipleship. Camp meeting days, like we had yesterday. Stay under the word for five hours. I remember university days, we used to call it retreat. We go on retreat, we shut everything down. You build root. No, I mean, all these 30 minutes, 35 minutes message on a Sunday morning. It's taking you nowhere. You have no root. You are rootless. R-O-O-T-less. You are rootless. Or you have shallow root. You know, the Bible talks about the parable of the sower. In Mark chapter 4, it talks about the, 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 the seeds that fall by the wayside. Even before the, the seed can get into the ground, the boat's satanic influence has stolen it. And that's like 25% of the church. They come around, <laughs> good word, good word. But by the time they get to the parking lot, the good word has disappeared. It never got into the ground. But it talks about the second layer. Fine, the word gets into the ground, but there's a problem. It did not develop root. Because somebody did not do something with what he had. 
I was teaching in Chicago last week, five things you do with the word. You hear it, but you don't just stop at hearing it. You do what the Berea Church did in Acts chapter 17. You go back, you research it, you study it, you meditate on it, you regurgitate on it, because that is what makes the word that was hard to be rooted. It's not the preacher that roots you. You are the one responsible for your roots. Through personal investments. And you have no excuse in this generation. You have podcasts, you have websites, you have everything. The word on the go. What's your excuse? I'm so busy. Are you the matter of your generation? Running around doing stuff? Or you choose to be the Mary, you have chosen one thing, one thing. And that one thing is to sit at the, at the feet of the master. There's so many things we're worried about that we have no business dealing with. If we can only focus on the most important thing, which is staying at the feet of the master, developing roots. You know, even there are times that our service can become a distraction. Because that was the problem of Martha. She was trying to serve Jesus without root. And look at where she, la she landed. Offense. Every pastor we can tell stories of people that have been offended. And a good number of them were people that were very, very active in church. Activity can never replace fellowship. In fact, there have been times in church, I felt like sitting with some people down. They're everywhere. Children's church, ushering. And it's like you go, you do church for a whole month. And you can't even remember the last time you saw them seated, hearing the word. They're always running around. Okay, what do we need to do? They were coordinating and, you know, organizing, which is okay. But guess what? The day they will get offended, I've put my blood into this ministry. Really? As is not Jesus Christ. So it was Jesus' blood and your blood that saved us. Say this ministry is my sweat. Are you listening to me? This ministry is what is my sweat. I've put in so much. How can they treat me like that? Listen to me. Your reward comes from God primarily. But when you are all about activity primarily, you miss the point. Martha was offended. Do you know? There was not much said about Martha after that experience. That was it. But there was a Mary that prioritized the feet of the master where the word is served, where root is developed first. And it was that Mary that John referred to as the one that took the alabaster box, broke it, and, you know, prophetically knew that there would be no time to embalm the body of Jesus after death because he would have resurrected. So, it was a prophetic service. She was led by God. Broke it. People said, this is a waste of money. Jesus said, she's smart. She got it right. Let, 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 let her anoint my body right now because there will be no need to anoint my body <laughs> afterwards because it will be too late. I would have resurrected. Oh my God. And Jesus said, there's nowhere where the gospel will be preached that this service, which is a prophetic service, done accurately because the word has been prioritized. The root has been developed. He said there's nowhere that the gospel will be preached 
and this, this, this service will not be referred to. So as important as your service to the Lord is, can you be a son first? A son that sits to feed. Because sons that sit to feed, they don't get easily offended. It's my father's house. How can I be offended? It's okay. As interesting as some of your siblings are, and all of us have interesting siblings, when was the last time you walked away from your family? You fight, you make up, and you move on. Pastor is that not true? It's your blood. As interesting as he is or he is, there is no place to put him apart from your space. So you live with it. The people that are rooted in the world, that's the way they conduct themselves in local church. It's not as if they don't have opportunity for offense too. But where am I going? This is my route. I have people in Chicago that will tell you, I had opportunities outside Chicago to work, to make more money. But there's no way I will uproot my family from here. One of my very, very effective leaders recently got an amazing offer. A company told her, it's come, a company said, we're creating a new space for you. There's never been that space before. You become a director of these. Several states will be reported to you. The only thing is that you have to move to Miami. So I came to meet my wife. He said, look at what they said. My wife said, I don't think it's, it's the will of God for your life. The question is, have you come to a point that you can submit to the oversight over your life and trust him or her? Because some of us, oh, they're trying to control me. So she went back to them and said, I don't think I want to move. So they came back and said, oh, we accommodate it. You don't have to move. We do it remotely. Copeland said something several years ago I will never forget. He said, smart people, first of all, find the will of God. And after finding the will of God, they build everything around the will of God. They're not just jumping from one place to another because of opportunity. There is a God that says there might be farming in the land, but stay there. Because that's where I've planted you. And in spite of the farming, you will sow and reap hundredfold. Just because that is your place. There's no something that God will bless me anywhere, anyhow. God blesses you where he has allocated you primarily. You know, there are different levels of sons. There are sons that can be trusted with major assignments. And there are sons that God just loves them unconditionally. You know, he loves everybody unconditionally. But, you know, there are levels. In the name of unconditional love of God, you don't become irresponsible. Have you gotten to that point that when God wants major projects allocated, you are the first person he looks for? Can God trust you to a point whereby your money actually becomes his money? And you begin to see yourself as somebody keeping God's money. So every time you ask him, how do, we, how do, you, how do you want your money spent? Roots. Roots. I'm supposed to be talking about the anointing. So there are two strips. The power. But were you blessed by that? You didn't pay for it, but because I love you, I gave you free of charge. So there's a power. Somebody said power. So there's a power stream and there's a wisdom stream. And both of them are quite needed. Because we see a generation that focuses on the power. Everything. Power. 
until everybody somersaults in a meeting, nothing has happened. Ah, what kind of a meeting is that? God did not move. But God does not just move in power. He moves in wisdom. In fact, he's a merger of power and wisdom that makes the operation of God. Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 12. You love him this? Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 12. It says, he has made the heart by his power dynamis. And he has established. The word established there in the original Hebrew means the following. To fit, to frame, and to fix. The word there speaks of the systems of the heart. So he fixes, he frames, and he fits the systems of the heart. Remember the heart was made by power. But after the power has made it, there is a need to now fix, fit, and frame. Which we call establish. Through wisdom, the system. And the same thing applies to your physical body. Your, your physical body is a compilation of different systems. Central nervous system, skeletal system, respiratory system. Which other system? Digestive system, excretory system. And if any of the system is not working, you are sick. And that's the wisdom of God. I was sharing yesterday, one of the things I learned the hard way. When I turned 50, my body just started sending a message to me. Rest, young man, you have to respect me. You can't eat like you used to eat again. You have to be deliberate. This system must be managed with wisdom. There are things you don't like that you have to start eating. Avocado is not, it's not my, it's, I mean, why will I walk to a store on a normal day and say, give me avocado? No, uh, avocado, okay, what's in avocado? Well, your system needs it. Beetroot. Your system needs it. I mean, you can't just be drinking that your fake juice, you call orange juice all the time, which is literally sugar, drinking sugar from morning till evening, messing up what God has given you. Like I said yesterday, so I mean, growing up, we have messages like, you know, if you sleep eight hours out of 24 hours, what it means is that by the time you're 45, you have slept 15 years of your life away. Ah, you better sleep it away. <laughs> because that's the way God designed your system to run. Some people, there are preachers that have, they have fasted themselves to death because of lack of wisdom. They have damaged nerves. Ah, dry fast. When your body needs water more than any other thing, you now starve your body of water for days. The name of what power? What power do you want? I thought Jesus said, All power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. You want to see near Jesus or what? I'm not, I believe in fasting. I see fasting last week to, to come for this program. But it's all about balance, wisdom. I mean, I remember Pastor Emmy saying, Oh, yeah, a lot of people want to see you. I can't see a lot of people on this trip. I respect myself. My body's adjusting to a new time zone and I need to rest it. Thank God for the eternal life of God in me. But there's also a wisdom to live. There's bodily exercise. I was telling you yesterday, I covered several miles in exercise on Tuesday before I got on the flight. Because for me to be able to stand and preach like this for two hours, for three hours, I have to be physically fit. 
I came into this country with my blood pressure, pressure monitor, not because I'm in unbelief, but because I'm sensible. So that you know when to rest, when to shut down. All these things of preachers falling down from the pulpit is not an arrow of the devil most of the time. Ah, it's an arrow. They shot an arrow. It's lack of wisdom. Is somebody following me this morning? He made the heart by power and he established it by what? Wisdom. The systems of the heart. They run. The same way. The systems of your body. I'm planning to have a global men's meeting online very soon. Any man over 40, let's sit around and talk. We don't want to bury anybody young. Is somebody listening to me? There's an aspect of he has given his angels charge over me. There's an aspect of being responsible. The same way you don't get on the motorway and just press the accelerator in any way because the angels are all over you. You don't drive your body anyhow. There's a way you drive your body and after a while God will say, I've done all my best to keep you alive. I will never forget something Reverend George told us several years ago. He was flying to Switzerland. He was on his way to the airport and the Lord told him, you are on your own. Thank God he was a man of the spirit. He would have died. So the moment he had that, O-Y-O, on your own, he told the driver, turn back. Get me back to Lauren. And the following week, everything shut down in his system. For the next one year, he said, it will muster strength for six days to preach once on, on Sunday. After preaching 40 minutes message, it's like, because apparently he had to change his lifestyle. How he was eating, exercise, sleep. Very simple instruction. You are on your own. Your system is about to shut down. Systems. Ah, no, no, no. I can't hit anything. Now, just because you are slim does not make you fit. You can be slim and be massively unfit. And the people you are looking at that they are not fit. They are much fitter than you. Kenneth Copeland was ministering last year and he blessed me and he said, he said, you know, every morning is 80, is 85 or thereabout now. He said, every morning I walk out for one hour. Say, and as, I, as I'm taking my confession, I'm taking my supplements. And it's an authority on faith. And your own faith is your excuse to live anyhow, to drink anything. If I drink any deadly things, you will not hurt me on purpose. <laughs> well, I don't know why God is taking me lazily, but I guess somebody needed to hear it. Power and wisdom. Somebody shout power. power. So there's a place for dunamis and there's a place for Sophia. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24. It says for, for those of us who are called Christ, the power and the wisdom of God. So you marry both to have the best of life. And the anointing supplies both the power and the wisdom. There are times that you are believing God for things to improve in your body. And if you listen, the wisdom of God will come. Stop eating this. Start doing this. Start doing this exercise. Because power can even be on operation and supernaturally heal your body. But to sustain that healing, wisdom must be applied. Power!
and wisdom. Power and wisdom. Two major streams of the anointing. Power manifests as the following. He manifests as speed. When the power of God is at work, you experience unusual speed in life. In career, in ministry. Dynamis. He announces you. It amplifies your voice. It intensifies your season. It brings supernatural favor. Dynamis all over the place. You've seen some ministry like that. Broke out by dynamis. But because there was no wisdom, they could not sustain their breakthrough. It was not as if God was not in it. But there was no wisdom. So what was made by power could not be established. Because he made the heart by power. But he has to establish it through systems. Power brings speed. It brings unusual capacity. It provides and enlarges your voice. It increases your influence. It surrounds you with favor. It gives you the ability to break through barriers. What's stopping people? Boom! You break through it because the dunamis, the supernatural miraculous ability of God is at work. It provides supernatural strength to handle difficult seasons of your life. That's what power does. But listen, there is also a flow of wisdom that must manifest to fit, fix, and frame what that power has created. So what does wisdom do? It gives you strategy to solve difficult problems. Because after some, you know, just because something was made does not mean you're still not going to run into issues. Moses led the people out by power out of Egypt. But before they know it, there were issues, administrative issues. He took a Jethro to say, young man, as powerful as you are, you will soon die. You need systems in place. You need the right strategy to administer this move of God. It's a move of God, but it can only be sustained by wisdom. You might need to appoint, and that's why you can allow pride to kill you. The Bible says, is a, is a, is a, Pride goes before what? Destruction. Some people just because of a little breakthrough, nobody can speak into their life again. But there's still a Jethro around you who might not have your kind of big name or your level of influence. Who is just a priest somewhere. But guess what? That Jethro carries the wisdom to sustain what your power or the power you have impacted with has created. So wisdom gives you the strategies, the know-how to solve difficult problems. Wisdom helps you to develop effective systems. And that was what Jethro helped Moses to do in Exodus chapter 18 from verse 17 to 19. Another thing wisdom helps you to do, it helps you to raise a winning team. Because as powerful as you are, you will still need a team to win. Ronaldo probably the best player in the world. Some people will argue. Don't let us start that discussion. Moved into Man U. 
last year, right? Or last season. And you know, the Man U fans here, they were so optimistic. This is our season because of one player. With him, they still did not make it to Champions League. Why? There was no team. With all your power, if you don't have the right people around you as a team, you will fail. He's so frustrated that now he wants to leave again. Because that tells you, just being powerful is not enough. He's a good player. But your good players still need other components. It takes wisdom to find. I speak as a prophet of God. Whatever you are doing, whether it's ministry, whether can you get on your feet? I feel an unusual anointing. Whether it's ministry, whether it's business, whether it's career. I declare after this morning, after this service, I declare the several components that needs to make up that winning team that you need. I declare the name of Jesus is supernaturally supplied. Somebody shout, I have wisdom. To raise a winning team. Come on, Shari seven times. They have wisdom to raise a winning team. I 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 have wisdom to raise a winning team. Shari, for the last time, I have wisdom. You may be seated. You need a team. And it takes wisdom to find the company. Jesus had to take time. Pray out the wisdom. Who will be the call? Do you know? Multitudes were following him, but he could not trust the multitude. He needed a core team. You pray out the wisdom of God. We are raising a team is concerned. What about wisdom to deal with difficult people? <laughs> Every organization, Pastor Shalai's experienced, has difficult people. They are difficult bosses. They are difficult subordinates. But as difficult as they are, do you know there's such a thing as an oppression of the wisdom of God that empowers you to still get the best? Because as difficult as they are, they still have some strengths. And that's why you wonder why some organizations have not kicked out certain people as difficult as they are. They are difficult, but we need them. It's not every difficult person that comes in contact with your life that you need to dismiss. Some of them, you just need wisdom to manage them. As I'm speaking, there's an impartation of wisdom right now. Wisdom to manage difficult people. Deal with difficult situations. To make difficult decisions. You know, there are decisions you just have to make as difficult as they are. That you can't afford to be sentimental. Sound judgment. As I'm speaking, there's, there's, there's an impartation going all over the place. Wisdom. Somebody shout wisdom. So thank God for the power that delivers, that sets free, that breaks through. <laughs> the wisdom that sustains. There's a wisdom that keeps things flowing. It's running. What was battered by power must be sustained by wisdom. Mankata systems must be in place. So that prophecies will not be wasted. Hmm. Why say generation rising? Not just in power, but in wisdom. You know, Moses realized that it will take more than power to be effective as a leader. 
That's why in Deuteronomy chapter 34 verse 19. Say, and Joshua the son of Nun was full. Not of the spirit of power this time around. But the spirit of wisdom. Because apparently that's what was deficient in his life. He was powerful. But he, he kind of struggled in wisdom. In fact, that was one of the things that cut short his ministry. And he looked at Joshua and said, you will need this. Can I impact you for your next level? He lay hands on him. If all the scripture you know is not by power, not by mind, but by the spirit of God. Just make sure you know it very well. Because that spirit of the Lord is also the spirit of wisdom. It's not just power. Get on your feet, everybody. Come on, did you get something this morning? Let me just say a few things over you as I close. Power announces you to your world. If you're a fast writer, you can write it down. Media, can you help them? Because you should have it. It announces you to your world. There are about 10 of them. Power announces you to your world. Power provides solution. Power, no, 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 power and wisdom. Actually, what I'm listening, some covered by power, some covered by power and wisdom, some power, some covered by wisdom primarily. The anointing. So the first thing is, it, it announces you to the world. Boom, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased hear him. Some people are not hard because power has not announced them. I speak under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Whatever you carry, your gift, your product, your service, I declare by power it shall be announced. People have died with their gifts because there was no power to break them out. Power announces you. Power provides solution. Or power and wisdom in some situation. The anointing also enhances your influence and relevance. Mato Shotaba. You know, there's a way you just get an announced in influence and, you know, people become aware of your value. You know, you can, you know, as valuable as Joseph was, if there was no butler to mention him to Pharaoh, he would have remained in that prison all those 14 years of surplus and famine. He had the solution for the economy of Egypt. But he had to have the access. Power gives and enlarges voice. It does not just give you a voice. It raises your voice. You know one of the, one of the words that was spoken over Joshua by God. In Joshua chapter 1. He said you will be, he said you will be magnified before all Israel. It's called the spirit of honor. They say, you know, a lot of times we mix up honor and favor. They are kind of connected, but they are distinct. Each one of them is distinct. A lot of times you see when the honor of the Lord is conferred on somebody. A perfect example of somebody that honor has been conferred on for generations now is Pastor Yehadeboye. It's just at times you listen to his message. You say, ah, I'm a fiery preacher. What is this? What is so special about this man? But honor is on him. It's not by charisma. It's not by demo. He will sit down. Honor. 
I speak as a prophet of God. After today, I see honor conferred on you. You know, in Psalm 91, he says, I will honor you. Hey, do you know what that means? It means I will raise your value before men. You will get to a point that in your space, in your industry, they will not be able to make decisions without consulting you. Honor. Somebody shall honor. There's such a thing as the honor of the Lord. He removes barrier out of the way. Oh, there's a stumbling block. Oh, there's a limitation. Boom! Dunam is coming and kick it out. And the wisdom gives you the, the way to go about it. How about this? It connects you to the environment and people needed for the fulfillment of your prophecy. Hmm. There's an environment. You know, it just brings you to that environment. You, you, you say, ah, I stumbled into it. It brings people into your space that are needed for your face. Oh, did you hear that? It brings people into what? Space that are needed for your what? Face. There are certain people you need in your space for certain phases of your life. It makes you exceptionally productive. You just, you're just fruitful, unusually. And Isaac saw in the land and he said, yeah, he reaped hundredfold. And there was farming. How do you explain that? Something was working. Power was at work. Wisdom was flowing. It accelerates processes and makes life easy for you. <laughs> Things are just sped up in such a way you can't understand. And things are easy. I pray for you as a prophet of God. From today, whatever is difficult until now will become easy. I love this one. It makes you attractive. I see somebody sitting in that interview room. And your interviewer looks at you and says, I don't know. I don't know what is this about. But I like you. Get used to this freeze. Do I know you from somewhere? They have never met you before. But you have become that attractive. Do I know you from somewhere? Don't deny it. Your smile. Favor is working. You're not the most qualified, but I kind of feel I should give it to you. Strangers, foreigners, they'll begin to work for you. It adds color to your life. You just become colorful. And the last but not the least I want to share with you tonight or this morning is that it releases resources in your direction. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 5 to 7. Let me read it. Then I'll start ministering. Pastor Eli, you're going to join me in ministry if you don't mind. I'm going to lay hands in partition. I believe God supernaturally brought you here. But this because this stream is not just stream of puppets. God told me, he said, thank God for puppets. But the real people that bring change are the people sitting in the pews. The pulpit is meant to empower the pews. So that the pews will go out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
and impact our world. God says you are focused so much on the pulpit. But there are pews that frame, mold, and dictate the culture. He said, then you shall see and flow together and your heart shall fear. Wow. And be enlarged because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto you. The forces of Gentiles shall come unto you. He said, the multitude of camels shall cover you. The dromedaries, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah and all they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense. They shall show forth the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedah shall be gathered together unto you. The rams of Nebaoth shall minister unto you. They shall come up with acceptance of my altar. I will glorify. Hey. I will glorify. You know you are his house. God no longer dwells in physical temple. This place is just the place where we come together. We can turn this place into a birthday party place this evening. And we will not be sinning. Because really, we are the temple. You know, God dealt with me a few years ago about this. He said, please, make each one of your centers profitable. Don't be religious. Don't be used in such a way that the only thing that can happen there is on Sunday morning. That's why all our centers now, you see, the way we build it, we build it in such a way that, okay, when we come together, it's church. But it can, be, it can function on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, as anything. Oh, it's the church of the Lord. Why should we are the church? He said, I will glorify the house. He's not talking about this physical house, he's talking about you. The house of my glory. Lift up your hands unto me. For the arts, we begin to minister to your people. Let there be a stirring up, a waking up, and a weakening by your spirit. To release people into what is their own. I speak prophetically this morning. I declare what is yours wakes up after today. Oh, take note of this. You will find your paths. You will run your race. You will fulfill your ministry. You know, when we say fulfill your ministry, it does not have to be as an usher. Your, full, your ministry can be in the boardroom. You know, religion is a terrible thing. There are some people God has sent them to Hollywood. It's their ministry. You know, one of the assignments God gave me lately is to work with creatives. And have a bunch of them with me. Not just the likes of Dusi. Even the likes that don't sing your regular gospel music. But they are believers. Oh, and he calls himself a Christian. And he's singing about love. Would you rather have somebody who doesn't have the spirit of God sing about love? Would you prefer that if you're having your 50th birthday party, somebody who is playing is annoying, is a child of God, but it's not necessarily saying, Praise the Lord, amen. He's singing, you know, Jerry's that from heaven, but not necessarily your regular praise and worship. Renew your mind. 
fact, God told, was dealing with me recently. He said, what do you call secular music? Hey. And I am shattering some tables. Mindset. You know, because of our religiosity, we have chased some people out of the church. They have creativity that is unusual. But because it does not fit in into our box, we could not encourage them. And we pushed them to the world. Years ago, Tiwa Savage was a member of Choir of Us on the Rock in London here. Do you know that? I can go on and on and on and on and on. So I have people in my space that are mentoring. If you see them, they look like secular. But they are children of God. They don't have to mention Jesus in their song. Fine, there are people anointed to lead us in worship. But there are people anointed to be in that space. And they are like, um, what do you call them here? The intelligence. MI6. They are like MI6s in that place. They look like them. I was talking to one of the people that I met so now. Who was the music director for Yemi Alade for a season? And he told me, he said, we'll go on tour. And they're like, ah, he's pastor, he's pastor. That's a member of the crew. He said, some people could not understand why I was doing it. He said, but I feel led to be in that space. I was talking, I mean, I have people like that, people like Kaiti Kapasa in my space. We talk. Religious spirit. Not everybody is supposed to sound like Dusi and Natalebati and Vittorio Reze. They have their place. There are some other people. God has given them another niche. And they ought to be in that space. Justin Bieber is is a believer. Saved. Strong disciple. Follows his pastor around. And he's still doing tour. In fact, religious spirit is a dangerous spirit. I just want to announce to the whole world that I'm now a gospel singer. I'm no longer a secular. It's not necessary. If you are just represent Jesus, we don't need label. Because God wants his representative in every space, sphere, field. The company you are working for Monday to Friday, is it Bible they are selling? No, I don't want to work for this secular company. That bank. Is it Jesus International Bank? (laughs) There are religious labels that we need to tear. And if there's anybody that has the right to talk about this topic, it's me. Because of the glory of God, a good number of the people that are doing extremely well in that space, the gospel, they are my boys. I'm still going to be at Dussis forever, Francie, today, celebrating Jesus. It's my boy. We still spoke yesterday. But it's not everybody that's supposed to sound like Dussis. I started immediately talking to you about uh, the conversation we had before the breakthrough. So I mentor him and I still mentor people that don't sound like him. And it's okay. We don't have to look the same. And all these religious spirits, 
Let's cast it away. I was talking to somebody a while ago and he said, what are you doing with Toby? Toby Adegoyega. He's my boy. I'm seeing him in two hours time and we're going to have some nice time. If you have a problem with it, it's your problem. I said, really, pastor? Eh, pastor. Religious spirits. Some of you, you don't even know him at all. Some of us that know him know that all those ones you see on his show and he's intentional because of the mission. He felt God called him to do. Now, there are things he does not do perfectly. But the first the story, the, the first thing remains that he's called to do it. Rather than, okay, okay, now see Christian group gathering against him. Shame on us. Just because he doesn't do it your way. Then he's evil. Renew your mind. Lift up your hands unto heaven. Listen, let me say this and we start praying. A few months ago, the video was in UK, right? And it was with him and people were shouting, shouting. I saw what the video sent to him just yesterday. Some of these people, you don't know some people are raised of God to, to impact them, to influence them. And for you to impact them, you must associate with them to minister to them. You don't even know what they are going through. How God is already dealing with some of them. And just because he identified with him publicly. He said, can you see? Is he a pastor? You are religious. When was the last time you read your Bible? Jesus sat down with publicans. Task collectors. They were like, ah, Jesus. He came to town. Of all people, it was Zacchaeus that he said, we are going to your house. The certified sinner that everybody knows. Jesus said, it's about you because I know your heart. You might have messed up before. But I know your heart is crying after me. And I don't care who is offended. I can imagine the offense in the hearts of people. How can you follow Zacchaeus of all people? Jesus followed him And God needs radicals like that in our age. Come on, have I blessed you this morning? Come on, have I blessed you this morning? Let us renew our mind. Let us renew our what? Our mind. What God asks for this generation is massive. He wants to infiltrate every space. That's why during the pandemic, we call it Unbox Church. A church that is not just known for his worship on Sunday. A church that is known for his relevance on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. A church that is not ashamed to identify with sinners because he knows the purpose is to reconcile all souls. And if identifying with them is what will help them to open up. You don't know what these people are even going on. All the shows they're doing on Instagram. Some of them are suffering. If you know the kind of work that God did on the, on the band in the last two, three years, you will be shocked. I still preach in streams of joy a few months ago in Abuja. You will see me in front row. Front row. Doesn't mean service. Unless it's out of town. The same badge. Front row. 
the secular. Renew your mind. God is bigger than that small space you have created for him. He wants his influence moved into every space. Your heart filled with my glory. I think I need to stop preaching now. Lift up your hands unto heaven. Come on, have you received something from God? Lift up your hands. We give you praise. Okay, we have to be quick because I have an appointment myself. If you are a five-foot ministry person, you are you, you're called to ministry and probably maybe you're already ordained. Can you come forward? I want to minister to you before we minister to the rest of the people quickly. Pastor Dozien can come and join me too. Pastor Dami, come and join me please. I'm Pastor Shalak. I want you to lift up your hands unto heaven. And I want you to receive on purpose. What are you receiving, Lord? Help me to be relevant. Not just to be a pulpit minister that is just sounding religious. But a pulpit minister that can empower the pews for relevance. Lift up your hands unto heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, as hands are laid, gifts are activated. Prophecies are set into motion so that a generation can fulfill their assignment in the name of Jesus. Can we do that quickly, please? Let's lay hands on them. In the name of Jesus, by the laying on of my hands, I call gifts, activities, dance, anything creatives. What we call creatives. Can you come forward? It's not everybody that is supposed to do Mount Zion kind of creatives. Some people they are creatives and God will plant them inside Nollywood. Yes. Say, ah, what, what kind of a... You know, we have to start that, stop that judgmental spirit. What is a child of God doing into Nollywood? It be some cheat. If God is not in Nollywood, what does that mean? Look at the kind of, of programs. They are filled as space within them. And it's because of this religious spirit. Literally, every series now, must have LGBTQ agenda. They will slot it in. One way or, I don't know if you have noticed. We need creatives that will stand for Jesus. So what we are producing is for the mainstream, but at the same time we stand for the purpose. Now listen, I, I wouldn't know if you watch this series in UK, but it's very popular in America. Blue Blood. Blue Blood. Is about police and New York police. Do you know those guys? That man, the main character, is a believer. That's why you will never see LGBTQ agenda in all their in any of their production. They communicate values, sit around the table. So I don't know if you have noticed if you have what blah, blah, blah. is intentional and on the long run, creatives are the ones that will shape the culture. The message I will preach that 5,000 will listen to. The video will sing it. And 5 million will listen to it. Is it not better to fill the video with the spirit of God than to say, he's a child of the devil, stay away from me. It's a new order. Are you listening to me? Is a what? A new order. A new order. They are, they are 
children of God, the God is going to plant in R&B, in rap music, and they will be children of God. And they might not even mention Jesus all the time, but they are children of God. But they will have values. Before you know it, they are ministry. Look at the move of God in Golden State. I'm not if you follow basketball. Majority of the Golden State players are believers. Top talking believers from Steve Curry, even Kevin Durant. Because they, they used to have an assistant coach who was a believer. Well disciples. Even Andrew Wiggins, believer. And that's what he wants. Jesus that will, people that will magnify Jesus in sports, in entertainment. And they will feel comfortable because they will not be judged by their brothers. And you call yourself a child of God. Look at, are you doing secular? What is secular? You, you go, and re, go and resign from your secular job too. And let all of us work in church. Mind renewal. Lift up your hands. I declare in the name of Jesus, whatever God has called you to that space. Oh, I feel the anointing of this. That space that you are called to occupy. I declare. Can we reduce the volume, please? I, want, I declare there's an anointing to find expression and fulfill your ministry. Say after me, I will fulfill my ministry. I will fill my space with Jesus. Release my uniqueness without being compromised. I'm anointed to represent Jesus in my space. Lift up your hands and receive the anointing. Can we lay hands on them? to me. Now, if you are not following my daughter, go follow her. Her Instagram page is the dawn of art. You know, I'm a pastor. So, watching a child grow, she's, she's in university now, watching a child grow so creative who can sing, play piano, art. My initial thought is, this girl will be in choir. She will sing. Can she sing? Yes. Can she play piano? Yes. But that is not a primary thing. A primary thing is to draw. Go and watch her pay. The dawn of art. She's one of the most creative people I've ever seen in that line. And she self-taught. She didn't learn it from school. As a parent, I had to renew my mind. Although I'm a pastor, she's not me. I can't turn her into mini-me. And to prove it, my fine arts was decorated with P7, P8, and F9 in secondary school. And her mother was not better than me. So, it has to be God to give her that way. So, I had to renew my mind and accept her. She's creative just because she can sing. She sang during the pandemic and she was beautiful. She said, that, that's not me. But leave, we went to me. I mean, went to Hawaii last year. She would just wake up in the morning, go by the beach, and draw for money till evening. We went, we went to Lagos last month. She we were driving, and before you know it, she has drawn things in Lagos. I'm like, really? When did you have time to do this? And she keeps on improving every day. I had to accept it. Oh, I'm a pastor. You must do the kind of creative that will glorify God. She can glorify God in that space. 
be sensitive to the gifts of God in your environment. What if God's plan for her is just to be in that space and represent him? And she will forever be my daughter. She will not be less my daughter just because she's not preaching or teaching. Okay. Have we been blessed today? I want you to lift up your two hands and release your desire to the Lord. Lord, take me all the way to that height that I cannot take myself to. Open doors for me that it can only be you. Doors that is only dunamis that can open. Open it for me. Lift up your hands unto heaven. Listen to me. 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 Can I have your attention, everybody? Can we lower the music, please? Can I have your attention, all of you in front? Please don't be don't be distracted, please. There's something on me that I don't often say, but let me say it tonight, or this afternoon. I'm not just anointed to preach. I'm anointed to make money. I preached yesterday morning, right? It was powerful. And I seal a deal by 12 midnight in my room. A deal that is at least 10 times of a normal of a decent honorarium I should get. And you know what I've noticed? Wherever I go to preach, he <laughs> follows me there. As I'm preaching, somebody is calling. It's not like I'll chase it. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that deal, that deal, 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 can we seal it now? And it's like, it will be like they are being chased. Hey, let's finalize it now. We want to order now. We want to pay now. It's happened. And the Lord spoke to me several years ago. He said, the same way I've called you to preach. He said, I've called you to make money. So I happen to be one of those people. I struggled with it for years. Especially because God chased me out of pharmacy. So I felt like, how can you chase me out of pharmacy and now call me to make money? It will be confusing. The one I spent time schooling for, you said you are forbidden to do it. And now you say, I mean, I say this is not the military. God has helped me in that, in that, in that area. This is my product. These speakers are my products. The microphone I'm holding is my product. We've installed for churches in London, in Liverpool, all over Canada, all over Nigeria, and we have not done publicity. In fact, there are times I feel irresponsible. How can you run a company and not publicize it? We're still talking about Instagram page last week. So I commissioned somebody to start running it from tomorrow. And we've done business to the tune of $1 million already in less than three years of operation. Just because God amplifies it. And I spend an average of 15 minutes to 30 minutes on it a day. And I'm still the CEO. 
have somebody working for me who's in Birmingham. I have somebody working for me who's in Calgary. No, Winnipeg. I have people working for me in Nigeria. I have people working for me in the States. And I meet them on the phone. This is not just a product. It's a product with my label on it. I've not been to the plant before. I hold the meetings on WhatsApp. Can you manufacture this? Can it be ready by now? Can you tell the shipper to do this? This client needs this, 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 this. It's strange. Even the model does not make sense. God downloaded it for me. I declare what will not stress you. God told me, he said, you don't have to do it the way everybody has done it. Everyone that God called to do a project for him, he gave them a pattern. I speak as a prophet of God. Could it be the reason why you've been struggling? It's because you've been following someone else's pattern. They told you in business school that this is the pattern that works. But that might not be your pattern. Lower the, lower the music. I want people to hear this. I declare what is yours is delivered into your hand. You will walk away from this conference knowing your pattern and how to administer it, how to run it. I declare that dream that God has given you will not die. I charge you to rule your words. Lift up your hands and shout, I'm ruling my world. Shout it one more time, I'm ruling my world. And when I say one, one million dollars, someone say, ah, he's a millionaire. I'm a millionaire, definitely. But listen, that's not what it's about. Do you know I realized God gave me that company so that it can distribute through me. I mean, I was in Nigeria. I met somebody for the first time. By the second, God said, give her a car. Is this money? So let's spend it according to instruction. Does it take care of me? Yes. But there are even times that it might seem as if I don't have enough money in my account. Where's the lie? I have money. Because he's a supplier. I realize there's no bill I cannot pay. And there are times we give crazy instructions that will look like empty that account. But was I not the one that gave you the business idea? Is it not my idea? Empty the account and spend it on this project. There have been times that I will be, I'll be sincere with you. There have been times I was concerned that the way I'm giving that's my head talking, not my spirit. The way you are giving, hey, you will give everything out to. But I realize when I give on that level, something on a higher level comes back. God taught me something. He said the greatest value of that money in your account is not investment in any business. But it's when it's used according to my instruction to bless someone else, to bless some ministry, to bless some orphanage, to help a student in need. Is that very clear? Because if I tell you about all this anointing and I don't tell you that part, I'm not doing you justice. That money will come. But you'll be shocked. As it's coming, it's distributing it. 
I remember the Lord spoke to me a while ago. He said, I don't want you to give anything less than a thousand dollars. You think that would be enough? And at times I, I want to do my normal one thousand dollars transfer. He said, today is one thousand five hundred. And at times he said, it's three thousand today. He said, okay, it's your money. And let's spend it according to your wish. So when people say, oh, Dr. K is rich, I'm not lying. I'm rich. I'm rich. But that rich is not based on what is in my account. It's based on the fact that I'm connected to, to a source. So, and I've come to realize because he owns it. And thank God for a wife that understands. Because some wives say, ah, what is our retirement plan? If you are spending everything, what if dry season comes? She doesn't challenge my giving. I remember when the Apostolic Place project took place. He was there. He was, he was a resident pastor. I stood in front of the church. I said, we're giving $100,000. So if you want to join me, come and join me. But yeah, me and my family, me and my household, we're giving $100,000. And you know, that was what battered this. It's a major principle. Maybe some people have abused it in terms of... Uh, trying to pull money out of your pocket. If you have known me for years, have I ever done that? Don't do that. But if I don't tell you how I live, I will be doing you injustice. Are you listening to me? Are my children in the best school to the glory of God? They are in great schools and their tuition are paid. No, no school loan. But you know what? It's not just that I'm the one paying everything. Because I'm helping God to pay some other people's school fees. When it's time for my daughter to enter college, he gave her a scholarship of $88,000. Tuition paid for the four years. I said, okay. What we are paying more is more of just our accommodation. I said, thank you, Jesus. And I prefer that to have saved for college. Which is good. It's not as if I, we had a plan for their college. But we realize we don't even have to touch it. Because God says they are my children too. And because you have been taking care of other children, when it's the turn of your children, they will be taken care of. I don't know what I'm talking to. There are husbands and wives that need to come into an agreement. Our money is God's money. All this harassing your husband because God told him to give. So, hey, I don't like the way you give. You are the one that needs to renew your mind. Let's save. Maybe you came out of a home where they are always saving, 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 saving. God told me, he said, giving comes higher than saving. Did you hear me? It's firstly about what? Giving. Before saving. Because that is our loss. Lift up your two hands. In the name of Jesus, I declare capacity to bat greatness, to do greatness, to do unusual exploits. In your space with your ideas is released over you right now. Can we lay hands on them in the name of Jesus? We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswood Ministries International. Feel free to visit our website at kingswood.org for more inspiring teachings by Dr. K. Ijishasong. There you'd also find other helpful materials and further information about this ministry. God bless you richly.